0: I'm Jess. And I'm Jen. We're just two run-of-the-mill casting directors looking to have a little fun while tearing down the curtain on casting, the process, and how the
1: sausage gets made. So many misconceptions have come from outside sources, so we're here to clear the air and make sure everyone gets a full picture of all that goes into casting your favorite TV shows and films. All the while, we'll be drinking some amazing cocktails and spilling the tea on some of the most outrageous stories we've come across in our careers.
0: Maybe we'll even bring on a few exciting guests along the way. Cheers! Cheers!
1: Good evening.
0: Good evening. Welcome back to Tipsy Casting for our final episode of Season
1: 1. We can't thank our listeners and all of our guests enough for tuning in and creating an amazing podcast. We've received such good feedback and so many wonderful notes from everyone.
0: We're so happy that people are enjoying getting to know us and how the casting process works, as well as all the insight every single one of our guests has brought us. While we are wrapping up season one and taking a little break over the holidays, we can't wait to be back for season two in January.
1: So grab a cocktail.
0: Or a mocktail.
1: And what are you drinking today, Jen? So
0: I was really excited because I'm at my parents' house for Thanksgiving, and they have a whole bar, which I don't have in London, so I had all access, all the different kinds of alcohol. So I googled a festive cocktail, and I found this. It's a campfire mule. So it's whiskey, ginger beer, maple syrup, and lemon juice and then topped off with like marshmallows. You're supposed to like roast the marshmallows, but I they don't have like fire. So, but it's actually I did I tasted it just to make sure I was I had a good cocktail for our last episode and it is amazingly good. Oh. It's really really tasty.
1: Next time we'll invest in the torch for you. You can get the full yes. experience. <laughs> yes. Oh. What are you drinking? I actually uh, I didn't go festive, but because I'm not quite ready to let go of my London and Dublin adventures I have made myself a snake bite in a proper Guinness glass that I've literally I have a four set that I've acquired over the years from the Oscar Wilde parties and
0: uh okay I have no idea what that is
1: (laughs) basically it is cider at the bottom here and at the top is all Guinness and uh so this I get a little bit of of Ireland and England all in the same glass and so yes that's my it's my choice ah
0: I love it it's very cool so does it mix together at some point or does it kind of stay separated the whole time
1: um I think at a certain point it starts to pull through when you start sipping oh
0: okay I'm gonna try that
1: so you get a little bit of sweet and a little bit of the stout and
0: it's really nice I like it a lot I love that awesome well I can't believe we're already done with season one I mean I can't believe it's been what nine months and a year since we started like talking about this yeah how is this still happening <laughs>
1: I, well I know we've we've said this to each other a lot but I'm super proud of us for you know this this whole adventure for us was was creating a new set of skills for us you know we were not editors we're not personalities like on camera personalities by any means uh, especially when our profession is very much behind the camera so first of all to like dive into this side of things but also to sustain it I think that is I'm very proud of us
0: yeah yeah you know it's funny is like I had a note from a friend of mine who listened to our last episode and he was like oh by the way just so you know like at the intro your mic volume was so much different than Jess's and I was like yeah that's because I was literally sitting on my bed at 5 a.m. trying not to wake my roommate up before rushing out of the house to catch a plane. (laughs) And so I was like trying to be quiet, but still get good audio. And I was like, that's where we're learning. And I mean, I'm really proud of us because for anyone who doesn't know, we edit all our own episodes. We do all our own audio adjustments. And we had an amazing producer to kind of get us off the ground, which was really helpful. I'm really proud of us for doing all this. And I, as I, I mean, I say this on the podcast all the time, like I'm horrible at technical stuff. So the fact that, I do some editing, uh, you know, half of it. Quite well. You've done it well. Yes. And I've learned new things with social media. I'm still not nearly as proficient as you, but yeah, it's been so fun. And honestly, I really am so glad we've done it together because I think we balance each other really nicely. And it's always so easy, which I was, you know, we didn't know until we started. And I get that feedback from a lot of people that it seems that it's just very easy to listen to.
1: So, And, you know, I think just from our casting experiences, that whether it's this or like an official partnership on the casting side I feel like I have a little bit of a commitment phobia because of all the things that I've seen in my time. <laughs> and so the fact that it is, as you said, so has been so easy and smooth for the last nine months and sort of leading up to this point, and it just feels really nice. And and the fact that we are, there is some sort of ripple effect that we are creating just in the, in the terms of sharing information with people and, and getting them to feel like they're a bit more in the know, which I, I love.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which leads us to London. I think we should recap London because you just just got home, my goodness, and you went to Ireland afterwards, which you can tell us all about. But yeah, we got to spend like a, it was a week, right? A full week, yeah. A full week together. One exploring London, seeing shows, meeting agents, meeting actors, and having a, meet, a meetup.
1: Yeah, it was so much fun. I love London so much, but I feel like having a little bit more time this time around for me, it really... Let me feel how I could thrive there. I, I could totally understand why you up and moved, honestly. It's such a, a great city. It's there. Everything is so accessible. Uh, the art is so accessible. I, I know people tend to complain in their own markets of how expensive things get. But if you look at the West End and all those shows or, or not even things that are on the West End and and the prices compared to L.A. and New York, it is night and day. And I would love to spend so much more time to get, you know, to have more of those opportunities to see the talent that's on stage, but we had a great time.
0: And I think the talent there is so much more accessible. That's what I love. Like the amount of people that either we met before after shows and, or just like in the shows and then following up with afterwards, it's just like, I feel sometimes in New York, LA, there's that wall of like, oh, trying to like actually meet them and get to know them as people outside of just their performances is a bit more tricky. Where here, you're a queen at it of just like DMing somebody and they're like, oh, that's amazing. Like, let's meet, (laughs) let's have a coffee. Let's do this. And they're all so sweet and so kind. And I feel like that stigma between casting directors and actors there is maybe not as strong as it is in the States. Or how do you feel?
1: I do wonder though, like, is that the case? Because the people reaching out and just trying to connect with them in the UK is maybe not as frequent so that when it does happen, they're super excited versus in the States, there is such a, uh, a hunger for that networking connection mm-hmm. versus just like that human connection. Yeah. And so, you know, it feels very different there and I don't know what that means exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I always say it. It just feels more, like you say, it's more human. It's like, it's that, it's, when I sit down with actors in the UK, it's not like I immediately feel like they just want something from me, or it's just like, I'm like, if I have something for you, great. But if not, I think they see it more as you and I see it, even with our connections in our world, is that it's more of a long game of like, hopefully five years from now, we'll still be like doing great work together. And if it's not to tomorrow, maybe in, a couple months or something like that and that's where I think it's not so much pressure going into a meeting or even just having a coffee or you know meeting somebody at a stage door I think it's all just very chill and I don't know if they again I part of me is like I kind of wish I went through drama school or something there because I don't know if that's what like ingrained into them in school that it's more you know about the art rather than getting ahead or you know using your relationships but yeah I don't know I'm so happy you liked it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So just to give folks a recap, so I landed on a Wednesday at like 3 p.m. I hustled my ass all the way to Jen's, yep. uh, quickly showered, and we went straight to the Bridge Theater to go see Guys and Dolls. And and we made it with two minutes to spare. <laughs> yeah, just enough time to get a carafe of Wine. wine. <laughs> Uh, And that is a consistent theme. If you weren't following along on our social media, that we drank our way through London for the entire week. And we did really good. (laughs) We did. It didn't get messy at all, which I was very surprised Mm. and proud of. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) um, But yeah, so we went to go see Guys and Dolls. If you haven't seen it and you're in London, go see it. It is a party. It is so much fun. The cast is phenomenal. Uh, It is, I mean, I had the best time.
0: Yeah, and they've done such cool work with the stage. And I think it's playing through, like, February. So if anybody's in London and hasn't seen it, please go and see it because it's, like, the stage comes up and moves. Like, they move the standing room only audience on the floor around the stages when they pop up and down so that each Um, like the diners in a different part of the stage that comes up out of the ground and then you have the church part that's in a different area and so it's really inventive whoever created that.
1: Yeah. It's a really uh, incredible like living breathing engaging show Mm -hmm. that you feel like you (laughs) I I was telling Jen's heard this story a a number of times but I last time I went to London I tried to do this whole shebang as well of going right off the plane to go see a, a matinee of a show and I went to go see a very like like very dialogue heavy show that was also a very heavy show and I was and I fell asleep halfway through it um but I was terrified of having the same problem this time around but like it was it was such a blast. You're you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed the entire time because you're having so much fun. And by the end of it, it's a straight-up a dance party.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you are. You're up in your seat. You're dancing. like, And I was impressed because yeah. we had, what, a carafe of wine. And then we were with an agent who bought us another drink at Interval. And we were still, like, dancing and having fun. And it was a great old time.
1: <laughs> but I did sleep very well that night. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then the next day – you're going to have to remind me. It's been too long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the next day, we met with some agents yes. that uh, I've known for years, and we had a lovely coffee. We had a very late lunch. Yes. And uh, did we? what did we do that evening? That
0: was, um, we went to, to see Backstairs Billy.
1: That was that night. That was that That's night. That's right. Right, and with so Luke that was Evans.
0: Luke Evans, Penelope Wilton, didn't really, again, it was quite funny. We walk in and um, didn't really, I, I don't think I knew what it was about other than it had to do with the Queen Mother, but um, it was really funny. And there are live corgis, which was amazing.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It was so much fun. They didn't, again, we talk about this uh, to ourselves. But they underused the corgis. We really yes. wanted more corgi. Yes,
0: yes. And they should have come out for the final bow, which they didn't, which was disappointing. But I think we should tell our funny story. Oh,
1: our, our friend yes. that we made? We made a friend at Interval.
0: It was really hilarious. We went out to get a glass of wine and at Interval, and this woman was behind us who just struck up a conversation on her own. I think she started with you, Jess, because I was not paying attention, and um, she is a massive massive Luke Evans fan.
1: (laughs) To say the least, yes. She was telling us how she took the train up for, I think, three hours Mm -hmm. and that um, she has purchased 12 tickets for 12 different performances of the same show just to see him. And it was something else.
0: And she was like,
1: are you guys going to the stage door? Yeah. (laughs) No. Like, he's wonderful, but I I don't have that much commitment in me. Yeah. So, yes,
0: uh, that was interesting.
1: Oh, and then we went – before we went to see the show, we went to Spotlight and we checked out their new digs, which is the beautiful space. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. They
0: had just moved in, I think, like two days prior because there were still boxes and we got to see all the studios. And, like, I can't wait to have, like, my first big enough job to where I can – use their space for all my uh, auditions and stuff because it's gorgeous.
1: Yeah, they even have a nice little recording booth. Uh, Looks primarily for VO, but we can definitely record an episode out of there. I don't know. I'm a little bit claustrophobic. It's a
0: little tight. (laughs) And it was really tight. Like, we both stood in it, and I was just like,
1: oh. think i need air (laughs) just don't close the door um yeah (laughs) no but those i mean those vo booths are are typically that size so that's not it's not that unconventional just it's not our not our forte (laughs)
0: yeah well if you're in that area near leicester square check them out because it's so like their new space is absolutely stunning i have to admit it's really beautiful so
1: yeah and uh, one of our mutual friends was talking about how what was he saying that uh, chris was saying that uh if you ever get if you get an office make sure it has a waiting room and that's yeah one thing that uh Spotlight has in spades now is a real comfortable place for the actors to to sit and to to have some space and and quiet time, so definitely something to look forward to gorgeous, yeah, and then
0: Friday. We met Rupert. Oh, yes. We met an actor in the morning that just knows who is lovely. And then we.
1: I went over to 42.
0: Yep. You met with 42. I had to run and do a personal appointment. So I missed out on the 42 excitement because we love our ladies over there. Elle was on our podcast. So, yeah. and then we had another late lunch. <laughs> As Jess takes a drink. um, And then what did we do after that? I'm trying to remember. I feel like we had an appointment somewhere.
1: That was not during the night, was it?
0: No, that was uh, – we went out for a nice dinner. And then we ended up at the How to Have Sex after party.
1: Oh, that was that night. That was that night. Yes, that's right. It's all coming back. Guys, there was a lot of alcohol involved. <laughs> <laughs> the nights sort of blur together.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely, uh, definitely enjoyed our alcohol in the Um <laughs> I, and it's funny, I told you, this is the hilarious thing because I, it's not that I'm like, Overly indulgent but like I tend to drink a decent amount in my normal life and then moving to London all of my and also living in LA especially in Hollywood it is a very drink culture like you meet an agent you meet an actor it's usually for a drink or you're going to a party and it has drinks and things like that and so you kind of tend to be a part of that culture and then I moved to London and none of my friends drink I am the only drinker so I'm not I've become somewhat of a lightweight <laughs> a little bit <laughs> You handled it well. Yeah, yeah, but I was—that was exciting having somebody else there who wanted to drink with me. I was all all pumped for it.
1: <laughs> it's definitely part of our brand now. Unfortunately, yeah. for whoever it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it was pretty wild going to the after party though, because it was at apparently neither of us knew this at the time, but it was at something called Tiger Tiger, that is for like eighteen-year-olds, not for normal adults, <laughs> and. <laughs> they had blow up pool things and I got I got a bit drunk that night let's be real and I stole I stole some decor from their after party for tipsy casting
1: they were just gonna throw it away anyway, so
0: exactly all that stuff just gets thrown away so I feel like I'm repurposing it for a better better thing
1: Yes. And uh, it was such a small world because we ran into one of our faves, Chopin Yes, at the party. And so that was really a fun sort of culmination of the one person that we keep talking about in some respect. Yeah. He was standing right behind me.
0: Yes, yes, I looked right over your shoulder and I was like, "Hey," because that earlier that day we had met with your friend who also went to theater school with him. So yeah, he keeps coming up in conversation, and it was one of those very kismet moments where you're like, "Wait a minute, we've been talking about you for months," because we had Corin Hardy on, who um, directed him and did uh, Gangs of London with him, who had just the best things to say. And then even crazier, I found it after the fact, um, our very first guest, Chris Chung from Slow Horses, the new season of Slow Horses, I think comes out next week. So everyone tune into Apple and watch him on it. Wait, is this a spoiler? No, he's, it's out there that Slow Horses is coming back and he's in all the trailers, but Chope is in the third season of Slow Horses. That
1: was my question. Is that the spoiler? No,
0: he's in every trailer. <laughs>
1: I haven't seen a single trailer yet, so that's how oh gonna... no no he's in all of it. So I was like, man, this guy just keeps like
0: circling our universe, and then yeah. he shows up at this after party, and then you also ran into your other lovely Tohie.
1: Oh yeah, Toheeb Jimo from Ted Lasso, also. Yes, it was cool. Yeah, all of the Ted Lasso folks are circling as well because we met one of the other gals, um, Keely. I don't remember her last name, but she plays the other Rebecca in uh, Ted Lasso. But um, yeah, it was it was. So wild and fun. And and then I think the next night is when we went to Dear England with Joseph Fiennes and we met a couple of the wonderful cast members that are, re- are rep by 42 and it was just, it was great. That show is phenomenal and the way that they have it staged is as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely tell it's a national theater show. Like it came from there. It's very cool.
1: I've never <laughs> been to the national, so I can't say that. <laughs> You're not cool, Jess. No, but I aspire <laughs> to be one day, one day. Next time we're going.
0: Yes. Um, but yeah, and that was amazing because we got a chat to a couple of the actors afterwards. Um. Mm. And yeah, such a great show. And then we did something that night.
1: Uh, I don't remember.
0: <laughs> I should like pull up my
1: calendar as we're
0: talking. I'm
1: looking at my calendar and I can't see what it was. But then the, the next day was our meetup. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. It was
1: amazing. We met Chris that day,
0: too. In the morning. Yes. Yes. So in the morning... Chris Chung, who's a great friend of both of ours, he met us for brunch and we got to catch up with him. And even though all of us were a little uh, slow that
1: morning. <laughs> we were a little slow horses. That's what it was.
0: <laughs> Good pun. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we did that. And then um, also then after Dear England, you met up with another friend of yours who uh, is Scottish. I
1: yes. Also on the show, the Slow Horses Show. There's a theme here.
0: There's a theme. Why do these... These things keep coming into our lives, I wonder. Um, but yeah, and then uh yeah, the next day was our meetup. So let's talk about our meetup because it was so good. Thank you to everyone who came out. It was so fun. We went at uh we met at Brew Dog near Tower Hill. And as per usual, I was like, I'll be happy if five people show up. And we had probably 75 people come, which especially for the UK on a Sunday in London is pretty impressive, I think. <laughs>
1: Sunday morning, no less. It was like a eleven thirty. I think we started, and it was very unconventional. I think for Brew Dog because the first thing that I ordered there were two shots, <laughs> one of tequila, one of whiskey, at eleven a.m. And I asked them kindly not to judge us, but who knows. Yes. <laughs> but uh in tradition we took our shots and we greeted our guests and it was so wonderful because I think there was a real excitement for it and on both both sides
0: yeah honestly it was very refreshing because I feel like we were all kind of hit that point where we're so tired of not being together due to the strike and everything and every all the work just being so slow and and again I feel like uh, especially being in the UK, I don't think a lot of actors or people over there realized how much the strike was going to affect our work over there. We a lot of people were thinking it was just affecting the US. So when we were there and I started chatting to people and I'm like, "No, no, no. 80% of production has been shut down d- during the strike in the UK." It's not you. Like, you know, it's just always nice to know that you're not alone and that was very very encouraging chatting to everybody and being able to kind of like at least share my experience with the strike and whatnot.
1: Yeah, no, and I think it was just also that connection is what I've learned in that process is very rare to have those in person, no pressure experiences in London with casting directors specifically. And so it was very interesting because like that dynamic, I felt like people were just eager to listen and to take in as much as possible and they were so grateful for the opportunity to connect and so it was a very fulfilling and gratifying experience and I learned about a new drink which now I've seen on a number of menus when I was going when I went to Ireland called the porn star martini oh gosh (laughs) apparently it's huge over there I didn't know that
0: (laughs) it's also I feel like the crowded tiger tiger would be very into that
1: (laughs) I was keen on maybe making it for today's episode, but then I looked up the recipe and there's way too many things involved. So I, I future episode down the road, we'll try it out. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, again, it's so funny because in LA when we did our meetup in August- it went for about six hours and I was like, there's no way this one's going to go that long. And we were there for five hours yeah. and it was amazing. I think we, it could have kept going, honestly, if we uh, wanted it to, but
1: we just didn't have the stamina to go
0: any longer. We didn't. And we were so hungry because, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that morning on our way to the meetup, Jess had her very first bun from home, <laughs> which is a huge London thing. So <laughs> that was all we had eaten all day.
1: <laughs> and that was delicious. But not not enough for an entire day's yes. worth of talking. But then I had my first roast. Yes.
0: you got to have your first Sunday roast, which has become one of my favorite things since moving to
1: London. <laughs> and? Rightfully so. It's so delicious. Okay, good. I was going to say, what's your review? It was funny. I, I can't remember the name of the place that we went to, but... The way that when we asked, like, do you have a Sunday roast? The way that he answered, it was like, maybe they did, but they didn't do it often or something. It was very unsure. And so um, I I was unsure and changed when I ordered it. But like, final thing, delicious. Highly recommend. Yeah. And then, because they stopped serving food at like
0: 5 p.m. for some reason, which I still don't quite understand, we ended up at a pub near my house for sticky toffee pudding, which is one of my favorite desserts. It was delicious. I miss it. I've only been home a week and I'm like, I miss it. I'll be back in a week. Don't worry, dog. No. <laughs> and then Monday, what did we do on Monday? Oh, we had
1: lunch. Oh, we had dinner with Rupesh.
0: Yes. Well, we had lunch with Sophie Holland and then dinner with
1: Rupesh. Yes. One of my wonderful producers from Willow. And so delightful. You guys are going to drink whiskey together in the future. It'll be great. Yes.
0: <laughs> Very excited to find another whiskey lover. Because I will say, I don't think the British are really that into whiskey. What are they into? Gin? Gin. Gin and vodka seems to be a top thing. But went to a great Italian restaurant. And then and seeing sophie was great and that was when we kind of maybe started to think that things were picking up she she made us believe that work was on the horizon <laughs> she's a good 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 spirit to be around she's always very hopeful and very sweet to be around so huge fans of hers and then tuesday you taught a class
1: I did. And that was wonderful. I was, it's been a minute since I've taught out there and it was really lovely just to, to see the talent. And I literally, I had the fear because it's been so long. I walked into that class thinking, am I going to know how to direct anybody? Like, have I forgotten how to do that? (laughs) But it, you know, just like riding a bicycle came right back to me and, and we had a lot of fun and, um, and yeah, it was a good time.
0: I don't remember what we did that night.
1: We had plans, but they fell through with some of our other casting friends. But I feel like we went out with somebody else though, didn't we? Do we make something up? Oh, Nick uh Nikesh. Was that that was that night? And we met Dara from Oh yeah yes. Dara from Dear England. Yeah. So we had we had an adventure. And
0: then we went out with Aletha that night. Yes. That's right. We went to Soho Greek House and we had dinner and that was amazing. And a very good friend of mine who also exciting news is is kind of I mean there's a deadline article about it but and it's a bit misconstrued maybe but I get to it's the first producer I've worked with who because casting comes on so early on in the process to attach actors and get their movies financed everything she and I've become really good friends over the process and she's going to now give me producer credit on all her films that I help get financed due to cast so that was very exciting and I'm so glad you got to meet her because she is one of the most yeah. beautiful humans I know and um
1: she just got an award right? she
0: did oh my gosh congratulations Aletha she won a woman of the future award wow and the crazy she was telling I can't remember if it was with you or just me after the fact but she was like if she won like all the previous winners go on to be like Ava Duver, you know like all that Shonda Rhett like all these huge massive powerhouse people it just kind of sets you up and Um, On top of that, one of her films got into the BFI, I wish I knew the name of it. I'm sorry, Aletha. But it's like, it's like where during the film festival, they got to pitch one of their scripts to like, they pretty much BFI gathers all the investors and all the studios and says, pitch your scripts because we believe in them. And so they just got financing another co-producer and financing for one of their films. And so she is just like killing it. And I'm really proud
1: wow that's amazing that's the thing I feel like the one thing that you learn in this industry is you surround yourself with people that will elevate you and like she's one of those people you're one of those people and I think that that's the thing of like we just gotta we gotta surround ourselves with the right people and pull each other up Mm -hmm. and that's you know when you find those people you hang on for dear life
0: yes and she and I met in the most random way where I mean she had seen one of my films in Sundance last year And love the casting. And so she cold called me. And she was like, we have this really small film. But it has like, I mean, it was like $300,000. It was not much. And now it's probably going to end up in the film festivals right now. And it's kind of turning out to be a little bit of a darling. But I honestly, as much as I love that film, I can't say that I mean I actually think my relationship with Aletha is more important to me like she has been such a rock for me moving like we knew each other during that process and then became friends after prior to me ever even considering moving to the UK and then when I moved there she's just been like my rock the entire way so
1: yeah I can't I, th- I was like
0: thanks God for that amazing relationship <laughs>
1: yeah it's so important. I think that that's that's incredible to have for sure, especially when you're uprooting your life and starting anew so mm-hmm, good on you, mm-hmm. good on her. it's you know,
0: yes, and I'm glad you got to meet her. We had a great time chatting, and she's such a
1: sweetheart, so she's yeah she's great,
0: yes, okay, so then you had to wake up the next morning super early. Yes. I was wished you adieu from my from the door. <laughs> So how was Ireland? Tell me about Ireland.
1: Was it amazing? Uh, It was gorgeous. It was definitely more low-key than our gallivanting around London, but it was the perfect balance. I stayed with Emma Gunnery, who is a very wonderful and talented casting director in Dublin. She has also the most wonderful dog, Nikki who uh, kept me sane of not being with my pups. Um, and her mother's amazing too. I got to meet her mom. Aww. Yeah. So we, I mean, we did a little bit of everything. We didn't get to see any shows because it like, it was sort of in that space as it was in London. Um, well,
0: you got to see a comedy show, didn't you? Th- yes.
1: The, the comedy I did get to see, which was fantastic. It was very but- funny. Uh, but uh, I didn't make it to the Abbey or to the other, uh, I can't remember the name of the theater, but we didn't because there was, it was uh, like a, that spot in the schedule, that one week that I was in town, mm. but they didn't really have anything <laughs> playing in the theater. So um, I didn't get to do that, but we, we had a lot of wonderful meals. We went to Johnny Fox's, which is like the highest in elevation pub in Dublin, or maybe in all of Ireland, I think. Oh, that's cool. The, this scenery is just stunning it really like rejuvenates me and you just feel very different I think or at least I do when I'm there
0: you know what's really interesting is have you ever heard of this concept called grounding no it's like where you take your shoes off and you go and stand barefoot in like the grass So you feel connected to the earth. And that's how I feel Ireland makes you feel because you feel like you have such nature and everything around you that it just like grounds you to your core of like, oh, you're like this small speck in the universe, which not to get philosophical, but I feel like that has, that country has that effect on you and me as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We we drove all the way up, which was a comedy of errors in itself, but um, we drove through Belfast. We were there for just a couple of hours and then we went all the way up to Giant's Causeway and talk about something that makes you feel like a tiny speck in the grand scheme of things giant causeway is the most monumental most stunning thing that i've ever seen and your brain tries to understand how something like that was created and it just can't quite place it but it really it's so worth the trip or at least it was for me i think it's something you have to see but um it was so it was so beautiful and emma emma makes fun of me but on the way to Giants causeway I asked her if we would be able to pet a cow. (laughs) <laughs> she just laughed so hard at me I was like a cow or a sheep and, uh, and I think it's because Instagram has given me a false sense of security when it comes to farming <laughs> but uh we did not get to pet them but we did see a number of cows sheep and horses, which was very exciting mm-hmm. but yeah I just love Ireland so much I'll eventually just up and move probably I don't know when but it'll happen
0: I love that you know my plan for you we're gonna find you a husband so you can get dual citizenship <laughs> we bring you over.
1: <laughs> Listen, anyone listening is interested. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Single and ready.
0: <laughs> DM jshermy.casting.
1: As long as you ship my dogs over, I'm ready. Just sign me up. (laughs) Hey, you can do that. I'm a part of so many expat groups that the majority of
0: (laughs) the topics are how to ship your animals across the sea. So,
1: (laughs) as long as it's not involving cargo, I'm ready to go. Yes, you can do it. You can do it.
0: I love it. Oh, that's amazing. And now you're back home, back to reality. But
1: sadly, (laughs) at least the strike's over. (laughs) Yes, we wait until they ratify. But yes, Yes. nobody else is picketing at the moment, and I feel like people are. I've started to see CSA posts of looking for staff, so that means somebody's working, and now it's we start looking. Not not yet, not yet, not us, other people. Yes, our time will come where I'm getting ready, at least for like the projects that I'm attached to that I haven't been able to touch in nine months because of the strike or nine months, eight months, seven months, something like that. But, um, you know, whatever it is, it's at least I'll be able to start working in some capacity, even though money may not be coming in yet. I can start getting creative at least. Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: I agree. And I honestly feel like. At least attitudes have shifted, where it's like people are just are not nearly as depressed or angry or you know whatever way you swing on the pendulum, but like people are very hopeful and are like, okay, I do think it's going to be interesting though, because I. so I feel like so many people I talk to, especially in the States, are always like, oh, there's going to be like this burst of work. And I don't think there is. I don't think there's going to be like this massive, like everybody's been writing and doing all this stuff that like now all this stuff is going to get made. I think it's going to go quite stingy because of how little money people have.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think the, the burst that might happen is more of like everybody trying to figure out the schedules of things that are already on the slate and that maybe got interrupted. So maybe for actors, there might be a big boom. But but production-wise, I don't know how immediate that boom's going to happen.
0: Yeah. But even the amount of cancellations. Like, every day I feel like I wake up in deadlines announcing some other cancellation of this show, that show. And it's like, and or it's like last season that people didn't know about or things like that, that I think it's going to be a massive pullback on jobs. I thought we were staying hopeful. <laughs> I know. <It> is. <laughs> okay. Let's not talk about that anymore. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness!
0: Oh, you're right. You're right.
1: Positive. <laughs> Listen, things will, whatever direction it will, the pendulum will swing in. The bottom line is that things are going to move again. There will be opportunities. Yes, it's going to be a, a little bit of you know fighting for your dinner, and that's something that we're all used to already. At least, yeah, we
0: are. And I'm hopeful that maybe this creates a better space for indies. Like because it's not so because the studios will have to pull back on what they're doing. I'm hoping. That is where I'm I am hopeful that Indies yeah. will then eventually get like kind of some more space to grow instead of kind of the pattern we had fallen into before that, before the strike. So fingers crossed on that, because I love indies.
1: Yes, and hopefully the independent investor and financier will, you know, open up their purse strings a little bit. (laughs) We'll see what happens. But, you know, I think anything is possible. We have to stay optimistic and keep the hustle going. And, you know, hopefully we've built enough of a a support system within our own communities that when the right thing happens, it'll, it'll find us. I personally, I have a movie that's out on video on demand it can be found on Apple I believe um okay what is it called you can promote yourself <laughs> uh you're sorry your lucky day but the point is is that my uh, director Dan Brown like it's been so refreshing because he's been so vocal like him and then the film that I had come out right before this with uh, my directors uh Ari Costa and Aaron Chelabolo like those Filmmakers, for me, as much shit as I've had in the last several years of, like, lack of loyalty and, like, it, just disinterest in spotlighting different department heads. These last couple experiences that I've had have been so refreshing and so beautiful. Mm. And they're being as vocal about me as, like, we would all aspire to have our filmmakers be. That you really have hope that these people, when they get their break, they'll, they'll push for you. And so I'm starting to, uh, that's, that's my hopefulness for the new year is that I, I, of course, no matter what, want these people to succeed, because they're incredibly talented and kind, but I finally feel like I've found the people that will fight for me. And so that is my hopefulness for next year.
0: I love that. I love that. Because we have, we've kind of seen a downward trend of people willing to fight. But
1: again, This is
0: where, I mean, not to toot our own horn, but I do feel like we're doing some good in the world with our podcast because it's like, I do think we're at least raising awareness that we're the ones left in the dust somehow, where we put all this effort, we work for free, we make all these relationships, and then somehow we're the first people cut when they're like, no, we want you to go work for Francine Maisler, or we want you to work with Francine Maisler or whatnot. And they're like, okay. Like, no, I just, I gave like three years of my life to getting your indie made, (laughs) And you're just so that's amazing that you have those relationships to kind of like reinvigorate your faith and people being in your
1: corner. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I I would like to use this as a platform, not just with casting directors, because I, I do see it happening with other department heads that like. People just don't get their shot. And so when we stumble upon those peoples and those and, and people that are having those experiences, like, let's do whatever we can to spotlight them. Because I think that's, that's the only way that we break out of this vicious cycle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly, I do believe as long as we do do this, I think you and I will both be on the same page of like giving underrepresented voices. A platform you know of some sort to at least like say their piece and get their voice out there of like what's actually happening because as much as we know it's happening in casting I'm sure it's happening in other areas as well you know
1: definitely but there's so much to do in the next year and we're really excited we've all sorts Yay! of ideas Yay! and that we're excited to share once we get things in line a bit more but yeah I feel like this
0: season went off really well I know, I know. Okay, so, big question. What was your favorite
1: moment? Oh, Um. Putting you on the spot. Oh, oh, oh. I think, first of all, I loved our episode with Corin. I actually really, one of our, one of my faves, I think, was with uh, Charlene and Claire, honestly. I think it was, it was so fun to, one, be in person with the four of us, which is a little bit of a shit show, not gonna lie, in the best possible way. Um, but that was a blast. But also just like getting to hear them talk about their experiences and like the success that they've been able to have with beef. That was great. And I can't wait for the Emmys for them. It's going to be amazing. You know what's so crazy? So a producer I worked
0: with a few years ago, like pre-COVID. So more than a few years. But, you know, COVID time makes it feel much shorter. But um, she was posting because she knows the beef, some beef producers and whatnot. And she posted some pictures and she tagged... Claire and Charlene on it and I was like oh my gosh I know them
1: (laughs) oh I love that because
0: they've been doing a bunch of like um FYC events and stuff so that's amazing yeah
1: I will say as as shitty as the strikes have been and and all of that jazz I will say that the fun thing to finally get to see is that they're now putting casting directors on panels because they have no actors (laughs) yes yes And so, like Lindsay Weissmuller, she went and she did the Persian version panel for the different like yeah, she, she did it for f y c she did it for all those things, so it's to to be able to give uh our folks a voice and because I always found that so fascinating if you if you i went to have you ever been to the deadline contenders event? No, it seems so overwhelming. it is overwhelming. I went when it was in- i don't know if it's in person now that that I think it is, yeah, it's happening right now, I think. But I went, right before COVID happened, I went that year to the Contenders event, and only one director, I think Milena, she directed uh, Queen and Slim. I can't remember her name right now, but she was the only director that acknowledged her casting director by name. Wow. Or just acknowledged the casting director. (laughs) Um, And there there was not a single casting director on any of the panels. Mm. And there were like 50 panels in a matter of one day. So... I think it's so exciting to see that and I hope it doesn't disappear now that everybody can go back. That's, I I just don't understand the unwillingness to have casting directors on panels. They should be there. They're an integral process, part of the process, but yeah. So that's, I think the one sort of silver lining of, of the downtime for the actors and the writers is that they invited us
0: yeah and honestly if you remember the day we recorded Charlene and Claire's episode Charlene was on a panel because I rode with her and I was like waiting at her house for her because I like walked over because I didn't have a car from where I was staying I was just like sitting at her house and she was telling me all about it on her drive over to your house about how cool it was to kind of be up there and be at she's like I was prepared for all these questions and they asked me like the one question I didn't prepare for but she's like and it's it's what and it was the funniest question because she was like I said how did you cast this show and it's like the <laughs> dumbest question to ask a casting director it's almost like how did you direct this movie how did you produce this movie like it's just like it's such a general question which again leads to our podcast of like what we actually do it's not just like oh yeah I just called up the phone and picked this one actor out one day and then moved on no we went through like hundreds of actors we auditioned everybody went through all these different I mean it's one of my my two i should say two favorite episodes
1: <laughs> yeah no i was they were great and i think also my other fave was sam hargrave because I, it was such an education for me because i thought he just was plopped into directing after spending all this time being a stunt coordinator and a stunt man and it was such a an a eye-opening thing to see you know this is something that he's been striving towards since day one. And he just took a different path to get there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a great lesson for people who are listening is that there's no one way to, to what it's a horrible expression, but there's no, there's no one way to skin a cat. Is that, the thing? Oh,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah. I, I hate that expression. But it's true in this in this industry, that there's no one path to get to the to the end game. And that end game is constantly changing as as this industry evolves. So I think it's it's really inspirational to see somebody get to where they've been striving, like what they've been striving towards, but also to see that, you can embrace all sorts of different aspects and different uh, different paths along the way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. He was lovely. <laughs> Some reminiscing along the way, but to sort of touch on what you were saying of like the the thing that nobody nobody knows how to ask us questions because nobody knows what we do. I think that's you know we sort we sort of like touched on it in the, our first season here, but I think we're definitely going to dive in deeper in season two of like really giving people a real understanding of our day-to-day and what our process looks like and how that can change from casting director to casting director because that's that is it also depends on which office you grew up in and that could be different from person to person so yeah yeah no I agree because that's been one feedback from like personal
0: friends of mine who listen to the podcast they're like because it it is quite hilarious even my parents are like we don't really get what you do (laughs) It's cool, but, like, we don't really understand it. And it's, like, a ton of my friends have said the same thing. They're, like, you guys talk about it a lot. And we, I think we've opened up that door that I think now we, especially in season two, we're going to dive deeper into just, like, the nitty-gritty of, like, what casting directors do because I think on every aspect of this industry, it will help people to understand. So, one, we don't get asked stupid demands anymore where you're just, like, which my favorite mug of yours is, like, what Jennifer Lawrence is not doing your short film or whatnot. <laughs> Because yeah. even just, like, recently I had an indie come to me uh, just after the strike, and they're like, so, yeah, we were really thinking Andrew Garfield. And I was like, their budget is under a million. I was like, oh, God.
1: You're like, I think about Andrew Garfield a lot, too. <laughs>
0: They opened the conversation oh. with me, and I was just like, "Uh, that's cool." Because you don't want to be like, you don't want to laugh, yeah. and you're just like, "You're so out of reach in your situation." But yeah, so I'm really excited for that too. It'll be fun.
1: Okay, so what are you doing for the holidays then? Um, not uh, pff, not a lot actually. <laughs> I'm actually really glad that I took my little trips before mm-hmm. December hit because I'm going to be. Thanksgiving is always a bit of a shit show for me. Um, and then for the holidays, like the Hanukkah, Christmas, all of that fun stuff, New Year's, my family's abandoning me. And uh, my parents are going for a month on vacation, in- during which time I watch their dogs and their business. So, not a whole lot. And then my. So, all of our listeners should send you booze <laughs> to get you through. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely be drinking, that's for sure. Um, And and then my sister is also leaving uh, for a week and a half, I think. For New Year's, they're going to Mammoth, and so I'm watching her dog as well. So in that time, I'm going to have five dogs running a full-time business and who knows what else. Just drinking myself to oblivion in the evenings. Um, So if anybody wants to talk to me during that time, I'm going to be around. (laughs) Maybe we should do some live Q&As
0: or what are they called those thingy where you ask and answer. Yeah, those are it. Live Q&A. <laughs> Is it called a live Q&A? Why did I think Oh, ask me anything. Ask oh, me an anything. <laughs> I was like, it's not called that. I know that.
1: Yeah, do you, like an Instagram Live AMA. Yes, yes, you could totally do one if
0: you wanted. I mean, I'm not saying you have to, but if you're bored,
1: listen. If if enough people say they'd like that, I will do it. But um, you know, I'll be around. What about you, Jen? <laughs>
0: Well, as I said, so I'm at my parents' house in Denver for the whole, for Thanksgiving, which I think I talked about in our one of the last episodes of our crazy shit show of a day. But it's the best fun. I mean, we just by the end it's a positive shit show. <laughs> yes, yes, it's so nice being back. Um, and this year, too, my cousins who I adore are coming into town. Um, they're probably like my closest cousins that I've grew up with and they're coming in with their families. And so it's going to be a full house. I think my mom's freaking out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> she keeps talking about, it, cause it's supposed to be cold here and she's like, what are we going to do with everyone? They just are, we're all going to be stuck inside. We're just, so she went and bought like the kids, like Thanksgiving coloring books and stuff today so that they'd have activities to do. Board games. Oh, well, we're huge card playing uh, family. We love the game Euchre. If you've ever heard of that? Nope. That and Trivial Pursuit, which I will say, when I'm home, because I know my family plays when I'm not here, but when I'm home, I am the reigning champ twice of Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> so um we'll do that. And then I head back to London at the end of the month. And then uh December's gonna be interesting because I feel like one London turns into like this Christmas wonderland type thing. So I'm really excited. A bunch of friends and I have plans to go visit all the Christmas markets and do all that kind of thing. Um I never come Home, I like to my parents' house for Christmas. I haven't since my early twenties. I usually am traveling. um This year, I think I'm going to be moving house, so I think I'll probably be kind of focusing on that. But then, sweet Christopher Chung, who we keep talking about, has invited me over for New Year's uh, Eve to their house for a party. So I'll probably go do that because this is actually a really cute story. After you left, we joke all the time because we never somehow get a picture with him. We do, we we meet up. I see him at least once a month. And somehow we have never, not once, in our entire friendship, taken a photo together. Even when you were there, we were like, we got to remember to take a picture. We don't. So he and I went out to celebrate the end of the strike when that got announced. And I remember to take a picture of my champagne glass. I didn't take a picture of us. So, But then I was joking because he had texted me. He's like, hey... Him and his wife were thinking about having this party, and I was invited. And I was like, great! And I invited our mutual friend Leo. And I was like, you can be my date, man. Like we'll we'll go and like have a good time. And they should meet anyway. But it was just funny because he he was giving me a hard time the night because he's like, you never responded to my text, so he's like, now the invitation's been rescinded. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I know
1: where you live. <laughs> I will show up with a bottle. Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So those are kind of my plans. I mean, if for some reason I can travel somewhere, like, you know, Content London is happening at the end of this month and... Uh, some of my, a lot of my production friends from the States are going to be in London. So one of my friends is like, maybe we'll go to Paris for a day. And I was like, that would be fun because you can just take the Eurostar store over and see the Christmas goodness over there. But You'll meet Melanie in person, or I guess you've already met her a second time. A second time, more in depth because she, she came to our first meetup in LA and I got to speak to her briefly. But yeah, that was a bit of a crazy day. So th- this will be a little bit more intimate, not 150 people or however many showed up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that'll be great. That'll be really nice. And also, you know, it'll let you ground yourself in London a bit more. Yes. During the holidays. is I'm sure, very magical. So it'll be nice for you. Because I do love Christmas. And I've been in London for Christmas
0: before, and it's absolutely beautiful. So I'm excited. And I have such a good group of friends that I know
1: I'm not worried. Everyone's like, you're going to be alone, Jen. I'm like, no, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be fine. It'll be great. Never alone on Christmas. (laughs) It'll be nice. And you'll you'll get yourself a mold wine many <laughs> many mold <mulled> wines <laughs> uh and and yeah, just call, just facetime me and we'll you will drink mold wine together just virtually. yes, and I have a couple shows I'm seeing in London, which is I'm very excited about, so I'm very jealous. I'm gonna be jealous of all your theater experiences. You went to go see Sunset Boulevard without me. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I did. It was so good. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: It was amazing. And I feel, I felt so bad responding to your text because you're like, how was it? And I was like, do I tell her honestly? Because I don't want to make you feel bad for missing it. Well,
1: too late. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. Well, that's uh, something to look forward to. I'd like to go back yeah. and do London and Ireland again in like June. May June. Okay. I'm trying to get Amanda to come too. Ooh, fun. Be an adventure. She's a good drinking buddy yeah. too. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. We did we did Sundance pretty well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, how fun, how fun. Oh my goodness. Okay. And hopefully in the next month our lady
1: gang episode comes out. Now that the strike is over. Yes. We should check in with them, find out. But yeah, we had a great episode on Lady Gang. We're super excited. It was so much fun. Yeah. They're so easy to chat to, honestly, for people we didn't even really know too well. You know,
0: I knew of them. I don't know them personally. You know one of them better than me.
1: I mean, even Becca Tobin, like I've auditioned her a couple of times over the years, but like we're not, we became sort of friendly via Instagram after Jamie Lynn Siegler did my Coffee with casting and um because they're really mm. good friends and uh but yeah they're just like it's so fun they uh, we aspire to do what lady gang has done with their podcast but like it's so fun yes and <laughs> they seem like they have a great time just like a good it relationship is. too so we're excited for everybody to hear that
0: and i think so we play this game with them where we recast films of old with new actors, and I think it's something maybe we should consider after their episode because I don't want to steal their idea. Our episode will come out; it'll be great. But I think we should almost do it in season two, where we start recasting certain things or whatnot. Because I think that was really fun to kind of get the juices flowing of like who do we like for old school roles, you know? Yeah, you know, I got.
1: But I will say it was really um, eye opening how those really iconic films and characters, like those actors, are so they're not replaceable. You know, and I think that that's that speaks so much to that sort of generation of movie star that I don't know that like we have a very small handful of movie stars now. And so I think that was a really big challenge yeah. when they were like, these are potential questions we might ask or whatever it is like that. That was like really intimidating because I just thought like, wow, that's really hard. That's really hard, but fun, but hard. Yeah, so true, so true. And honestly, I think, like, spoiler alert,
0: we won't say who we chose, but I know they brought up Kevin Costner. We had to recast Kevin Costner in something. And that, to me, that was my biggest stumble because I was like, there is no one like him anymore. Like, that's it. Like, you don't get that. Like, so- and I think I even said it on the podcast. I was like, there is no one like him. They don't make men like him anymore. Like, it's such a different breed of how you are raised and what you know who you are as a person. But... um. But also just like
1: sort of that level of grit that is mm-hmm. that he embodies is I think very few people have because even though he's charismatic, it's not an overwhelming amount of charisma because the, I think the grit outweighs the charisma. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, is that weird to say?
0: <laughs> I have a great question for you. I just thought of it. So next season, because we just keep talking about it and I'm very excited for it. But if you could have your dream guest, who would it be? Oh, Oh. Because maybe one of our listeners knows this person. Let's just put it out into the universe, see if it comes back to us. I wish I could have time to prepare. (laughs) Do you have somebody in mind already? I do. Tell me yours. But I didn't have it prepared before this. I really, it's not even on our little, like, note sheet. (laughs) I would say Greta Gerwig. Oh, yes. I know we tried we had a moment where we might have tried a little bit to get her this season but maybe next season she'll she'll somehow come into our universe her or you know my fave Joe Cole
1: yes Joe Cole one day He'll, he'll come on I have a I have a good I have a good feeling who would who would be my dream oh my god hmm I'm really bad at this game Oscar Isaac Ooh. That would be a good
0: one. He would be fun. He would. I'd be so interested to hear his stories. I don't really know because he's kind of an enigma. Like, he doesn't put a lot out there of, like, one, how he kind of got into the industry, but also, like, just who he is, you know? He doesn't have a ton out there. Yeah. You know who I thought you were going to say?
1: Pedro Pascal? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to become so obvious, my goodness. (laughs) No, I would also love like Bryce Dallas Howard. I I, I feel like she's really interesting, like who she is, who she's become, I think is really interesting, just sort of like the different branches of who she is. It was so interesting because I actually was on set with her a lot on The
0: Help. Right. And she was so lovely and so kind. And now that she's kind of like diversifying and I mean, I know she's had kids since then and all, you know her stars just risen, but she is such a fascinating. And considering who her dad is, like it's just this amazing. She seems very
1: humble. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think her evolution is so interesting. Even just like the work that she's done on the on was it Andor that she did. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. So, yeah, and and um, the Mandalorian. So like just to sort see her sort of dip into that side of things and to do it very well, because you know people can can jump in and fall flat on their face. Mm-hmm. And we all tend to hear about it eventually. Yeah, but like she is, she's really done very well, and she's really talented on on multiple fronts. And so she would be someone I would be interested in talking to. Yeah. You. Oh, and the Duplass brothers. Oh, it'd be fun. Yeah. See, so yeah, we have a we can do this all day. <laughs> what our listeners don't do is we do do this all day all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we have an ongoing oh. list. <laughs>
0: Well, cheers. Cheers to that. Well, uh, cheers to season 2 and we'll see you
1: then. See you then. Cheers. Cheers. casting is sponsored by Spotlight.